Hey, uh, Merry Christmas from Vinny Fogaccia. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Krimbus, you name it. You name it, and I'm there at the party eating the refreshments. As long as they're complimentary. In this special episode, Mitchie Muggs and I will be discussing our favorite holiday drink and its origin. Oh, and we talk about movies too. should read my new book. It's called Green Lights. Green means go. Green Lights. Okay. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, how we doing, Vance? Feliz Navidad. Melikaliki Maka, motherfucker. I love it when Bing Crosby sings that one. His voice is so deep. It's like... Melikaliki Maka. I highly recommend if you uh, listen to Seth MacFarlane's cover of that. Seth just has such a good voice. He does. He does have a good voice. That's right. I mean, if any of you guys watch Family Guy, then you'll know he sings like pretty much all the songs yeah he really does but on spotify he has his christmas album i think christmas for swing or something like that but his melakaliki maka is really good Mm -hmm. check it out hey sir Mm -hmm. yeah i just uh i just finished tenet and uh i certainly have to watch it again honestly um i'm not gonna get into it right now but um a little bit disappointed I discussed a few things over over audio message with you. A um, mm-hmm. little bit of a disappointment, but anyways, um, I still don't completely understand it. That's what Reddit is for. Um, anywho, huh. you know, you know what helped me though. Not thinking when you were like, "Don't think in linear terms." It was mm-hmm. so hard for me to do that, but then I just I tried to throw everything out the window and did help became a little bit easier but one thing that uh stood out to me was the wardrobe um it made me think back to some other nolan movies specifically inception um the sleek suits everything squared away sharp lines but not dramatic jeffrey curland is the costume designer and to jeffrey the clothes make the character they represent the character for example Pattinson's character Neil always likes to wear something a bit rumpled a loose tie and a scarf here and there which screams physics professor that is here to save the world Um, that is Neil in a nutshell to be honest Uh, his understanding of time and space is above John David Washington's and some of the other characters I would say Um, the argument however is that these costumes don't really seem lived in at all great article by gq and Tio vandebroek actually criticizing the wardrobe but there are some good points here Uh, they can't get away with it like craig can as bond because we know him we know he loves the finer things and killing people so his clothes have to match that but we don't necessarily know a lot about the tenant characters now do we 
even in Inception, we know that Arthur's kind of like a, a young, young gun, kind of a cocky prick. And his three-piece suit in the hotel showdown represents that, right? Like his slick back hair. I mean, he's a smooth operator. Wholly agree with you on the character writing for the movie. It, uh, Thinking back at it now, it is just really... It's surprising, you know, especially for Christopher Nolan. Like, I have to say, I think the the plot and the mechanics of the time manipulation is spot on. But I also, I just didn't have a problem with it when I first watched it through. And after watching a, kind of a video that, you know, like you said with Reddit, kind of just su- like, su- su- like sum everything up, I, uh, I was pretty on point. So I'm proud of myself for that, but I do agree the character development and the writing was... John David Washington's a great actor. There's nothing to do with his acting skills, and same with Rob Pattinson, but, like, who the fuck are these guys? You still don't really connect with them. You don't relate to them, except for the fact that John David Washington is just, like, essentially a surrogate for us. He's literally called the protagonist, but they don't really break through that. What we were talking about, Vance, uh, earlier, you were telling me you had more of a connection with Elizabeth Debicki, that, like, six-foot skinny girl. Her her and her husband are actually <laughs> the more interesting people in this movie, and I actually gave more of a shit to learn more about their Correct. past and their relationship than the other two guys. Correct. Yeah, I think if we were to give, uh, from me... The award for best actor goes to Kenneth Branagh. He's such a bastard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sator, I think. But Kenneth Branagh's British and he did a really good job pulling off that Russian accent, I thought. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, we don't really know why the characters mm-hmm. are doing what they're doing. Like, okay. We get it. Mm-hmm. They're trying to stop World War Three, but that topic is so broad. There needs to be another layer, right? Like the characters need to provide another layer of why, and uh, there is none, except for Elizabeth Debicki trying to get reunited with her son. Okay, great. What about everybody else, Nolan? I actually like that you brought up the the wardrobe. That's something nobody really talks about, eh? And. It's in this one. It's interesting because you. I mean, I could tell people apart most of the time, and when you can tell people apart in a movie based on their wardrobe, you know that's good. I mean, you hired (laughs) the right person for the wardrobe. I always think about like one of the best movies with the best wardrobe, in my opinion, is a Hateful Eight because you got all these people crammed into one cabin for three hours, and you can easily identify which one is which. Like, Sam Jackson has those yellow stripes and the red tie. Kurt Russell has that big, fluffy jacket and the walrus beard. Like, everyone is so easily identifiable and uniquely, like, just different from everyone. Yeah. And this one, besides the suits, I mean, there was a little different differenti- differentiality in, in all of them, especially with Debicki's wardrobe that she had going on and her husband. But anyway, that was my shtick. Agreed. Well, let's move into our drinks here. What are you okay. drinking tonight, this fine evening? Well, uh, a very, very nice, very coarse whiskey sour, Vance. Thank you for asking. 
listeners, folks, Vance, we chose to pick drinks based on film characters. And for mine, I have chosen the great Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, if you guys recall, he had quite a, a thirst for the whiskey sours. So for tonight, that's what I'm having. And don't know if I'll make it to number eight like he did, but you know, I'm not an alcoholic. So <laughs> what about you, Vance? Um, so it's actually kind of sad. It's a little bit sad because I thought I was going to be going with the boozy Vesper Martini from Casino Royale, but I couldn't because um, I was pressed for time. So I made something much more simple, uh, but I kind of did it my way. I chose um, the vodka soda, uh, which is actually Neil's drink from Tenet, but I crafted it with two ounces of vodka and the rest with a uh, actually a lemon-flavored seltzer um, and garnished it with a lemon twist. So a little background Ooh. on vodka, actually, because I thought this was interesting. According to a legend, around 1430, a monk named Isidore from Chudov Monastery inside the Moscow Kremlin made a recipe of the first Russian vodka. Having a special knowledge in distillation devices, he became the creator of a new, higher quality type of alcoholic beverage. That is from Wikipedia. Thank you very much. That is what you are there for. Fuck. And what about your origins? I'd be yours is probably more, way more interesting than mine. Um, well, I wouldn't go that far. So basically, whiskey sour, or the origin is was back in 1872, and it's actually called a pisco sour. Yeah, that's I'm, right. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. No, but that's a, right. That's right. It's a, it's a, it's a Peruvian origin. Um, that uh typical for of the uh, cuisines for peru or chile and the drink's name com- the drink's name comes from pisco so it's it's a uh, meaning sour of course so pisco. what is mixed in it is basically a squeezed lime freshly squeezed with simple syrup ice egg white and bitters and a any kind of whiskey i have mitcher's bourbon whiskey it's one of my favorites it's very good oh that's your whiskey I got yeah Mitchers and uh, I got a squeezed lime in there. I did use some egg whites. I have ice. I got some bitters. I'm not using simple syrup. I'm uh, I, I'm just weird with high fructose corn syrup. Uh, judge me if you like, but I, no, for this one the I swapped the syrup. Route. I swapped the, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the bourbon is in there. I uh, <laughs> I swapped out the syrup for monk fruit. So monk fruit is basically like a. It's a sweetener that isn't artificial, and it's not sugar. So it's actually very good. I highly recommend it if you put it in your coffee in the morning for a little sweet if you don't want to have that sugar. And that's basically it. I mean, there's not there's not a whole much, whole bunch of like, oh, this guy accidentally, you know, inadvertently made this drink or something. But yeah, it's, it's a late 1800s Peruvian cocktail. Dude, I love that. I love that you substituted the... The syrup with the monk fruit. I mean, that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Rick Dalton has his his syrup in his, but for mine, it's the monk fruit this time. Yeah, you could also do a little bit of stevia anyway. too. I know. Ah. That's, an as well. <laughs> that's so cool. What, dude. what Did we... you come up uh, with that on your own, doing that substitution? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I kind of had that in mind 
when I read the the ingredients. I thought we have we actually do have syrup, but um, yeah, I just wanted to go with the monk fruit. Yeah. Anyway, what are we talking about, Vance? What's what's going on tonight? What's going on this Christmas day? We are talking about our favorite holiday films. Um, really in no particular order, at least for me. Um, as this is the holiday special featuring alcoholic beverages. So I apologize if I start slurring my words halfway through. I believe I've already started doing that. Uh, so it's, it's funny, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to always show a lot of people will say that about me. So my first film, um, I chose Holiday Inn. <laughs> Holiday Inn. I think Mitch just. I think Mitch just died. (laughs) I'm a very, very lightweight. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. I guess I'm an old soul. A lot of people would say that about me. Um, I have a lot of old Christmas movies on this list. I'm talking really old. Holiday Inn was released in 1942, but when it comes to holiday films or even music, sometimes. Sometimes, oh, it's better. Do you remember that from uh, Pet Cemetery? Yes, I do. What's the quote? Do you know? Carry it. Sometimes, dead is better. Yeah, there you go. The New England. He has like the New England accent. Sometimes, dead <laughs> is better. Judd Crandall or whatever. You seen that South Park episode? No, no. Where it's the same thing, but it's with butters. He he fakes his death and then. It's like they use like a dead pig carcass or whatever, and the dad thinks it's his body. So he wants to bury it in the Indian burial ground. And the guy's like, don't bury your son up in the Indian burial ground, Starch. The one, the one just up there. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like telling him where it is. And, I don't know. It's good shit. He obviously buries him. Does he say the famous line? <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. So in my case. Anyway. No, that was, that was great. That was a great detour. I love that. In my case, sometimes out is better. Uh, Christmas is a time for family and togetherness. I mean, nostalgia. Old is better sometimes because we we yearn for how we felt in the past, and that yearning is what makes us feel good in the present. You can tell I've watched too much Tenet. Anyways, a lot of why I chose Holiday Inn is because of where it takes me when I watch it. You know, my family was all in one place. But now that's changed a little bit with everybody getting older and pursuing other opportunities, you know. That's, uh, that was, wow, man, that was, (laughs) you got me there. Yeah, a little depressing at the end, but no, I mean, we're all, we're all still getting together and and everything, but it's different, you know, when people get older. I would not say depressing, more exciting, because it's like a, it's almost like a new chapter, and I mean, at least for me, and you know, we're all, we're all separated now, so I mean, I'm sure a lot of you out there are, are moving on to a new chapter, a new year, and exploring other opportunities, coming to see the family you maybe haven't seen in a while, it's just, uh, no, that was really, that was really heartfelt. Exploring and, other genders. Perhaps your own, especially. Yeah, you know, maybe yourself. Um, 
anyway, uh, normal transition. My movie, so I actually, I I rated mine as my top three. Um, so, and I'm glad, Vance, you have uh, some older movies on your list because mine are a little more relatively new. So kind of get a little mix and match and stuff. Better watch out. Well, you know what they say. I, uh, you know, just, just to add to your... You have the newer movies, and I have the older movies point. Sometimes, opposites attract. Ah, uh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. We continue. Go ahead. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, my number three is Better Watch Out. I guarantee maybe some of you have heard of it. But this one is a more recent flick, and I'll tell you the story. So I was told by a friend to watch this movie. It came out in 2017. I actually watched it around that, that year in Christmas time. He said not to watch any of the trailers or read any synopsis or anything about it. Don't look at any pictures. Don't do it. <laughs> Just go in. Go. No, seriously. Go in blind. And if you aren't satisfied at minute 30, turn it off. He also said the first 30 minutes will lead you to believe in one storyline. And then by minute 30, like around minute 30, you're, it turns like into a completely different film. So I was bored one night, and I followed his instructions. I did so. And guess what? I loved this movie. It, it was... Whoa, I, easy. I, I would... <laughs> I, yeah. Well, it's short. It's like, it's like an hour and 20 minutes, so it's... It's not. It's not a huge time waster. It sounded like you almost threw up there. Time sucker. No, I describe Better Watch Out as a Home Alone rated R. It's. I really don't give want to give too much away. So I will do what my friend did and leave you with those instructions. But I will say, it centers around a babysitter and the boy she is watching over, and something happens. Violence ensues. And you know, bodies the body count starts to starts to go up. But it's 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 believable, it's creepy, it's funny, intense, and definitely not for everyone. So give those first thirty minutes a try before you start judging. Um, who's in this, just out of curiosity? Who are the heavy hitters here? You <laughs> I doubt any of you would know who they are besides the dad who's in it for a quick second. He does the voice of Joe and Family Guy. Um, Patrick Warburton. Uh, like um, so the main kid is Levi Miller. He plays Peter. Lee. I'm just looking that up now. Um, I got to say, you ever watch a movie and you know the children aren't that good at acting? You can kind of tell they're, in their, they're still working their kinks. Right, out. yeah. They're just kind and of then, going off script. Going off the script only. They're not really... They haven't really right. incorporated you, anything and, of their own. And then you watch a, a a thing like Stranger Things, and you see that these like these people are these kids are just like born to do what they're doing, and they just kill it. Yeah, like you or or the It movie, like you can just tell like these kids got it. That's what it was like for this movie. Levi Miller, freaking, he kills it as this kid. I don't want to say anything more about this guy because I don't want to spoil it, but he is. He's a he's got a future. The uh the babysitter is Olivia DeJonge, I think I'm pronouncing that right. She's been in some stuff. Um she she's really the one who who's like opposite. 
she's she's leading this one as well. It's uh she's she's great. Okay, well 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 let me ask you this. Let me stop you right there. Who would win yeah. in a bare knuckle beat down to the death? Doby Fegley or Levi Miller? That's a good one. You, you I don't even know what Levi him. Miller looks like. You might recognize him. I would say Dobly. Oh, <laughs> Dobly. that's tough. Do- Dobly. Levi. Oh, uh, dude, I, I Levi really... Miller probably. He looks old. He's older, I think. Well, when this movie came out, he's like around. He looks like he's 13. Yeah, but Oaks Fed. Oh, wow. Three They're around the same age. So uh, Doby is uh, 16 years of age. Uh He's actually from Allentown, Oaks PA. Fegley, right? Oaks Fegley. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, that must have slipped. Um, <laughs> he's from Allentown, PA. That's fascinating. And then, and so Levi Miller here is uh, Australian, about five nine. Looks like Doby is four eleven. So I think, um, I think that might go. He's to Australian. Levi yeah, apparently he's Australian. Damn. He uses an uh, American accent in the movie. That's, jeez. Watch it. Just watch it. All right, your turn, Vance. Wow, this is fascinating to me. Honestly, I mean, I, I wonder if maybe Dobie because he's got, <laughs> he's got what a lower center of gravity he might be able to wrestle Levi to the ground. I mean, his ground game might be, might be superior and. Um, that may be how he wins, so it'd be interesting to see. Being four foot eleven, um, he's jack of all trades. He he could be. I mean, I I he probably doesn't have the reach. Um, so I mean, his Just go for the legs, man. Go well, legs. that's what I'm saying. I'm sure his wrestling game is is fantastic at, at four foot eleven. Um, okay, well, uh, isn't that legally a midget? Yeah, but or is it like four nine? No, he's legally a midget, and he's 16, so what's going on there? I digress. I don't know. I, I don't think that's accurate. I think that he's he's probably taller than 4'11 now. Well, I'm sure he's if he's around the same age, they're probably like in their puberty era. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll shoot up eventually. Not heroin, his... Uh, his stature right i guess he's got a little brother uh winslow fegley winslow yeah oh <laughs> young Win- winslow oh my dear is that from the the, the the lighthouse <laughs> yes that's you, right. you you have a way with words winslow <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah um, I chose Santa Claus is coming to town. So this is probably my f- a great one. Eh, it's tough, man, because there are so many good animated Christmas films, but I think this is probably my favorite animated Christmas movie, mainly because uh, Fred Astaire makes an appearance and he's just a <laughs> cool customer. Uh, even though there Mickey are a lot Rooney. of uh, Santa origin films out there, um, stop motion is just really fun to watch in general. But I think what makes this film special is the music that goes along with it. You know, mm. put one foot in front of the other. Man, I'm flat there. Jeez. Anyways, 
Um, this is a good. special film now, especially in 2020. I hate to bring up the COVID stuff, but we need to teach more positivity and kindness, and that's what this film is all about. For example, Winter Warlock captures Chris Kringle and is really crotchety, but then Kringle presents him with a toy, and that changes his attitude. I mean, I think we forget that not only do our parents influence our behavior at a young age, but what we read uh, and watch will as well. So this is an important film, I feel like, to show your kids at a young age why it's important to be selfless um, and not selfish. So I, I, I guess, you know, to, to wrap it up with this one, um, it, it's so important today as it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago when it came out. So just as important. Today. Yeah. I got a, I got a winter warlock. I'm going to drop in the, the old, the old toilet bowl. You would be great as the winter warlock, dude. Like if you were, you could, I could see you being, if there was a remake, you could do the, the voice acting for the winter warlock. I think that'd be. Hey, thanks man. Yeah. I could just, I see it now, you know, go ahead and call up. Vanity you know, Fair. this, cause I, I never saw holiday in, but I did see this one a while ago. It's actually, it's been too long. This is something I should rewatch this week. But, I mean, wholeheartedly agree. Especially just, you know, spreading the love, dude. Spreading the love amidst this COVID era. When the power of love takes over the love of power, then there will be peace. Christmas Vacation. It's my number two. So, this one I, I watch every year, besides my, my number one pick. Every single year. For Christmas. It's just, it will always be a movie I watch during the Christmas holidays. It's such a great family romp, and it reminds me of my own family sometimes. It, really, it does. Um, if you guys know them, then you know. So much can go wrong on Christmas, and this movie demonstrates that perfectly. If you know the squirrel in the tree scene, it's a perfect example. The cocaine loon, Chevy Chase, never misses a beat, of course. His big breakdowns in, in, all his, in all these movies, the Vacation franchise. They're predictable but welcome. Clark, Clark Griswold, his character name, is the ultimate father buffoon next to Homer Simpson, in my opinion. The guy is such a klutz, but he's smart, he's articulate, and charming. He's actually enough where you actually want to root for the guy. And one of my favorite scenes is when he drifts under a semi-truck hauling Christmas trees and the wife starts saying the Lord's Prayer. And I, I can explain it, but you guys just have to watch it. The payoff of the sequence is a knee slapper. We honestly don't get family comedies like this. Agreed. Nowadays. That's a good point. Not just, not just Christmas related, but in general. Like, I can't think of a recent family funny movie that... Or a funny family movie that I, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have to watch that again. Another aspect I do like about this movie, just to wrap it up real quick, is uh, one of my favorites is that it's the third in the franchise. And if you know the series, I think there's about four of them with the Griswold family. The first vacation was a smash hit in the 70s. And a tour de a force. A tour de force? Is that what you said, a tour de force? We have to say it once. A tour, a tour de force. 
every podcast at least once. At least once. You heard it, guys. A tour de force. And the sequel, when they're in Europe, your European vacation or something like that, uh, that was flaming garbage. It's it's not good. I mean, it's it's fine. It's, you know, you can... It's like, you know, you watch it once and you're like, all right. Then here comes this third holiday-based movie, which came out of nowhere. Uh, Holiday-based installment. And it kind of brings the series back on track. And, of course, back into that money-making action. And, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? It's it's Christmas Vacation. And watch it. Anyway, your turn. I need to watch that, dude, honestly. I, I feel like that's... You haven't seen it? No, I haven't. And that's a film that comes up... Um, Time and time again, where I'm like, I need to watch that. I need to watch that, and I never do. You watch it, watch it, and then watch uh, the scene with the turkey, uh, Clark, Chevy Chase. That's my dad in that scene with the turkey. <laughs> so just remember that, and the scene with the squirrel. Um, it's a wonderful life, the penultimate. So. <laughs> It it really is, dude. It's the penultimate. It is. I thought about that one, but anyway, continue. I hope you don't mind if I grab my flannels. They seem to be hanging in your closet. I'll be sure to knock next time, but I really have okay. to go. So this is the no, brother. This is the hero's journey, the arc. But first, uh, this film is great. No surprise that in Christmas movie marathons, this film is almost always the one that is shown on Christmas Eve. Might need to fact check that, but as far as when I was growing up, it was, that was the case. George Bailey has it all, and then he loses it, just like that. Then he thinks about ending it all. Toaster in the tub. It's a great comeback story. Now we all kind of know the hero's journey. He's beaten down. Then a mentor or a sage arrives to pick the hero up. In this case, it's the angel Clarence. Clarence and George then embark on their journey to spread Christmas joy throughout trying times. Hmm. It's home, doesn't it? (laughs) Perhaps people who didn't appreciate this film before might appreciate it now with everything going on in this year. Sometimes you need to fall off to get your life back on track. It's a rebirth. Anyway, so to go over like the hero's journey one more time, it's the call to adventure, you know, then the mentor shows up, the death, the rebirth, the return. I mean, that is It's a Wonderful Life. It's the hero's journey. All wrapped into a Christmas film. You know, my my mouth is pretty dry, but um, I can... You know, maybe channel a little bit of, I'm Jimmy Stard. Well, you want the moon, Mary? We have a special guest, everybody. Pull it out. He's dead, but somehow he's, uh, is he in purgatory? Is that what's up? Well, I'm Jimmy Stard. (laughs) Welcome, Jimmy. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Is that Jimmy (laughs) Stard? Man. It's this. I mean, you pretty much said it all. Anything I, any additional words from me is merely salad dressing. That I mean, it's a classic, and I like that you 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 bring it back to today's day and age. It's such an old movie, 
that's still somehow is it's timeless it's timeless dude what i say what what were my first two words the penultimate the pen ultimate yeah. That's a great word, by the way. Yeah. I think we need to throw that in there with esoteric. Esoteric? Yes. Yeah, so. You heard it, guys. Penultimate, esoteric. Tour de force. What's another one? Uh, well, I guess that's more of a phrase. So. Um. But yeah, man, it's uh, interesting, especially the hero's journey and the whole suicide kind of in- implication, which you just don't... Like, can you imagine a, like a... A Christmas movie that families watch together having that today, like a suicide implication, such as the one you brought up. It's um, oh yeah, it's a serious thing. It's just uh, uh, that it just gets me. It's, it's it's real, and I guess kind of going back to what scares us. If you y'all remember that episode, um, it's just it's real, and that it scares me. So <clears throat> anyway, so for my number one. Can you guess what it is? It's Harold and Kumar. Go to Crystal Palace. Well, uh, White Castle. A a very Harold and Kumar Christmas, guys. Crystal Palace. Stupid, stupid. White, white, White Castle. Oh. Crystal Palace. Yeah. (laughs) Brother. Oh. No, it's not that. Although a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. A very Harold and Kumar Christmas is a funny movie. Uh. But no, my number one is Home Alone. The first one, with Kevin, or uh, not Kevin, his name is Kevin in the movie. Yeah, I've had like ten of these things. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I'm almost at eight. Oh, Dude. I just have like this big, this big uh, gallon right here. This pitcher. How big is your glass? This much. This many. Y'all, you guys can't see it, you listeners, but Vance and I are on the Zoom. And, Don't uh, yeah. think that's gonna be able to fit up my asshole. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it fit, <laughs> won't we? Won't we, Mugsy? So, Just a turn and twist, hold- or do the trick. <laughs> Home Alone, the first one. This is my favorite Christmas movie. Guys, I'll never forget actually trying to develop and place these traps around my house as a kid. This is when I lived in Canada. Come on, and dude. You actually did that? I'm not actually messing around. So literally, I, I messed with glass ornaments, toy cars, and even a gallon of gasoline that I found in the garage. I was actually kind of messing around with some serious shit. Um, oh, God. For like, a, for like a six, seven-year-old. Jesus. It's, gasoline? No. Fuck. Yeah. There was like a little red gasoline thing in there. and No, it's fine though. I didn't. Nobody got hurt, but that just shows how much this movie had an effect on me <laughs> or has an effect on me. It still does. I might do it this Christmas just to. I could just see your dad stepping on glass ornaments that you've left out all over the floor. Damn it, Mitch. Except, except there won't be like the, you know how they, they try to get bypass the swear words by doing like. You know, yeah, like they yeah, just yeah. do a bunch of grunts and he'll be like, Fuck! <laughs> Mitchell! So, <laughs> I always wanted to be Kevin McAllister, but at the same time, didn't. His mother is actually exactly like mine. 
And the actress is Catherine O'Hara. You probably recognize her as Moira, Moira. from Schitt's Creek, if you guys have watched that. I mean, she's she's also Canadian, too, which is awesome. So that just... Oh, it's good for you. Sync with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- hey, thanks, man. It's nice to... Much appreciated. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to shed a little light on the, the Canadian folk. The, the Canada folk. Mm. Also, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern are probably two of the funniest slapstick buffoons since The Three Stooges. I mean, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, it's the two burglars, Marvin Harry. Also, I didn't actually... I So this is the first time I saw Joe Pesci was in this movie. And then still around that same time living in Canada, my dad introduced me to Goodfellas. Like, yeah, at seven years old, he's showing me Goodfellas. And I see Joe Pesci. I'm like, oh, he's Marv. And... Or no, he's Harry. He's Harry. And then he just starts, you know, fuck shit. Like, he just swears so much, and he's killing these people. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I love this. So, I... Now, I would actually get like a fucking shine box. <laughs> Spit shine Tommy. You motherfucker. <laughs> I'm here to amuse you. I'm a clown. I fucking amuse you. That scene. That scene right there won him the Oscar. Bro, he ends up getting... So, uh, I, he gets whacked, right? Because he kills a maid right, guy. Yeah, be- yeah, exactly. And then they said he was gonna he was gonna be made, and he literally was whacked. It was like a it was a front. Um, that's sad. That's a true story. Um, I won't get into it, but the Henry Hill story uh, in Goodfellas that's ninety percent true. Wow, I, I didn't know it was actually- that accurate. Donnie Brasco also a true story. Based on the book Wise Guys, Goodfellas. I mean, all of Scorsese's movies are based on books. Um, but yeah, uh, really sad. Anyway, back to Home Alone with Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. I'm not much for I'm not much of an advocate for prequels, but I would not mind a prequel of how they got in their start, how they got their start in crime. Like I don't know if they met if they were cellmates or if they worked together, but I wouldn't mind seeing a younger two younger actors play how they met <laughs> that would be a good time i chose this movie guys because it's just it's such a heartwarming christmas family flick with a lot of violence in it you, you think if this was made today it would be like better watch out uh, come on randy <laughs> come on randy we're cellmates actually to link home alone to better watch out home alone does the whole paint can thing with the string over the the railing there's a scene where they do that in Better Watch Out, and they uh, they debate on the logistics of what would actually happen if you got hit with a paint can over the railing in the face. So get ready for that when you when you watch it. So a little anyway, bit of being uh, le- paying tribute there, huh? Yeah, they do, and it's it's good time. But you know, for Home Alone, being left alone on Christmas at eight years old is such a a great premise for something like this and you know i just i just love it man it's it's truly a movie i will never get tired of after all these years there's so many lines you can quote from you can just like you know buzz your girlfriend woof <laughs> or one that my one that my sister has actually said for to me for like a long time is what the cousin says to Kevin, she's such a bitch. <laughs> she's like, Kevin, you're what the French call les incompetents. 
And if you guys don't know your French, that means the incompetent. And when I learned that, and I told my sister told me that, I, you know, a brawl ensued. And then there's another quote, actually. Joe Pesci says this. He says, uh, yeah, you want to do this one, Vance? I think you know what I'm talking about. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant fucking dicks. You got that? Spot on. Uh, no, that's from Raging Bull, guys. But that is also Joe Pesci. <laughs> oh, man. I had something. Uh, shoot. I had something to say about the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you... about the disses. I was thinking about the. Um... You remember we watched. There's that famous YouTube video, like 100 greatest movie disses of oh, all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I was going to show my family this week. And actually. what was the one? Yeah, I was thinking about that. What is the one where the kids, like. Why don't you shave your dog's ass and teach him to walk backwards? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that one. Or something like that. I mean, I remember. I just don't remember how it went. Or he's like... I just like... (laughs) He's like, your face looks like a dog's ass if you shaved it and teach him to walk backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Best one. One of the best ones is from In the Loop. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy. Enough of the curse words, all right? Kiss my sweaty balls, you fat fuck. <laughs> yeah. Honey, <laughs> you got real ugly. That's uh, that's, that's Ash, right? Too. Who says that? Yeah, you found me beautiful once, honey. You got real ugly. <laughs> yeah, I love that. If you, you, watch, you watch Army of Darkness? No, I didn't watch that one, no. Uh... That one is full of really good one-liners. There's one where it's like, Hey, pal, you ain't leaving but two things. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. That's a really good one. It's like I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah. Is that uh, Roddy Piper? Yeah. That's such a... What is that one? Um, That's the one where... Aliens already live among us with sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. Come on, what's it called? God damn it. That movie. They live. Is that what it is? They live. Yeah, yeah. They live. They live. They live. Almost knocked my drink over. That's probably. That's probably one of the best fight scenes when they're in the alley, just going at each other, him and his buddy, for like five minutes, and it's so realistic how they're just fighting until they're so tired and they're just catching their breath. And they're grabbing whatever they can find and just hitting. Like, it's such a... I mean, if you guys have ever been in a real fight before, then you you know. Dude, <laughs> it's, I... It's so realistic. I miss uh, Keith David. Dude, I love... Why is Keith that? David just has the best voice ever. Did he pass away? No, I think he's still alive, but he was Spawn, remember? Uh oh, from that comic book adaptation. Yeah, he, I think he did the animated uh, series, and he. Well, oh, I know he's the... also. He's also in the thing. He's Childs, right? Yep, he's Childs. He's the one that is at the end with Kurt Russell when they're just waiting. He's also in um, Platoon, I think, and he. He's also still alive. Princess and the Frog. I'm just looking at him now. He's in Platoon. Yeah. Coraline? Who the fuck is he in Coraline? 
He is, bro, he's in uh, Modern Warfare 2, too. As who? Sergeant something. Requiem for Jim. Wow, he actually has a lot under his belt. Right? Did you look it up? He was in The Nice Guys? I just actually recently watched that for the first time. Hey, good movie, by the way. One of my buddies from uh, from Chicago actually told me to watch Sergeant it. Sergeant Foley. I slept on it too is. long. Sorry. But uh, The Nice Guys are good. Anywho, the nice guys. Who's in that? Ryan Gosling and Russell. Oh Crowe. yeah, yeah. Wow, ninety-one Russell on Rotten Tomatoes. Somebody fighting round the wild. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Somebody told me today to watch Heat with Al Pacino. That's a good one. That's like the, that's like a quintessential heist movie. You watch the movie Heat, you're like, I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, you know what I'm talking about. So, man. That's it. That's it. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas from all of us. From all of us here at the premiere. Happy Kwanzaa. I hope you guys have been good this year. Yeah. Vance, you been good this year? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, Man, Vance, you been good this year? Yeah. Apart from uh, my book, Green Lights, I think you'll start to realize that I have a few you, skeletons in my closet. You've been practicing real hard, so Santa will bring you a new saxophone. <laughs> Clarence. Oh, <laughs> uh, not many. Dude, guys uh, I saw so I saw Bruce Springsteen and Clarence before Clarence passed away. When? A long time ago. Was I? Was I, I living in Virginia? No, like, I don't even think I knew you. Yeah. No, I didn't no. know you. Yet. That's wild. Yeah. That's so cool, though. It that was it was it at the Jiffy Loop? Verizon Center. Oh, back when it was called Verizon Center, yeah, not Capital yeah. One. I wish it was still Verizon <laughs> the, Center. Those were the days. <laughs> those were the Dolby's. <laughs> the Dolby's. You all been good this year, okay? What a year it's been. What a time. What a history. Hopefully, you all have been good this year to warrant that saxophone. Don't want to send Krumpus to take all your shit. Today is the day. And Christmas is the day that truly holds all time together. And to me, Santa Claus is anyone who loves another and seeks to make them happy. Who gives himself by thought or word or deed in every gift that he bestows. Now, as always... Vance and I appreciate your support. We hope you enjoy yourselves. I, for one, am looking forward to the drunken dinner debates, home entertainment. Ladies, gentlemen, Z's, them's, they's, it's, everyone's, have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you in the new year. Stay cool, and bye for now.